We hear questions like these all the time. Can TSR injury law help me if I'm hurt on a motorcycle? Yeah. How about if I'm hurt on a boat? Yes. It's simple. If you've been injured, it's TSR time. Call us today for a free consultation at 612-TSR-TIME. It's the Go Gopher Podcast with Mike Grimm, episode number eight. I am Mike Grimm, voice for the Golden Gophers, and welcome back to our podcast. We're going to talk Golden Gopher basketball in the Go Gopher Podcast in this episode. That includes analysis of new Gopher men's coach Ben Johnson's first year, the outlook recruiting-wise for the men's team, and a breakdown of the Big Ten. Ryan James is the National Recruiting Analyst for Prep Hoops and Gopher Illustrated Publisher. He'll be my guest in a moment. Our Go Gopher podcast is presented by our great friends at Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're a business founder planning to exit your business, start by contacting Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. Sunbelt serves more businesses up to $5 million in revenue than anyone. And True North M&A serves companies with revenues up to $150 million. Get a confidential, no-cost, no-obligation business value started today. Make the most from your life's work. Visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com today. Our podcast is also sponsored by State Farm Agent Tony Hoagland at champlininsurance.com. As always, our thanks to Tony and Champlin Insurance. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast. You can also go back and listen to other Go Gopher podcasts. Last week, for example, we had the legendary Polish Eagle Dick Jankowski on and we have two podcasts this week. Our other one focuses on gopher hockey, so look up that one as well. It's absolutely free for you to subscribe and free to listen at any time. This episode, it's Gopher Basketball with Ryan James after this. Hey, Gopher fans. This is your State Farm agent, Tony Hoagland. We are super excited to be part of the new Mike Grimm Show on Talk North. For the year of 2022, we will be donating $10 to the University of Minnesota Children's Masonics Hospital for everyone that calls our office or checks in with us online and mentions that they heard about us on Talk North and the Mike Grimm Show. We are really excited again that Mike came on board with Talk North. You can reach us at 763-421-4900. You can find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Again, 763-421-4900 or find us on the web at champlininsurance.com. Roll the boat, Sky Uma, go Gophers. We're going to talk some Golden Gopher basketball now. Ryan James is with us. He's the National Recruiting Analyst for Prep Hoops and Gopher Illustrated Publisher, and we always see him at the barn. And good to see you, Ryan. Good to see you as well, Mike. It's exciting. I'm excited to be here and talk some Gopher basketball after an interesting season. Yeah, we appreciate you joining us here on the podcast. Let's yeah, let's talk about this this basketball season. It's been well uh, quite an interesting last 12 months. When you think about 12 months ago, uh, obviously there was some rumblings 12 months to this day, really. This week, that you know, the the end of the Richard Patino era might be approaching, and then the coaching search. And I know you were you were all over that and in, in reporting uh, different candidates and different interviews. And Ben Johnson gets hired, and, and now here we are, you know, fifty I suppose weeks later. Um, what is your assessment here, year one of uh, the state of the union address, so to speak, for this Gopher men's basketball program? Well, I, when you said all over it, I'll take that as a nice compliment. Yes. But when ben, when the name Ben Johnson popped up, there was a little surprise there. 
Um, but, I, you know, my assessment of this season, um, it's been, I would say, Ben Johnson and his staff have proved to be better coaches and more level-headed leaders in this situation than I think anybody expected. I think the fans are really excited with what they've seen offensively and what they've hoped to accomplish defensively. I think they've been overwhelmed in Big Ten play defensively, and I don't know that we have a full scope of what Ben Johnson, Dave Thorson, Jason Kemp, and Marcus Jenkins want to do defensively because of the lack of depth to really do what they want defensively. But I believe it's been a positive overall although February is biting the Minnesota Gopher program in the butt <laughs> once again, but yeah. that's nothing new. Yeah, you're right. It, it, it seems these February uh, doldrums uh, a hit. Uh, it was one time, the 2017 season, where it was a strong February, and the Gophers had their best finish in a number of years that year. Otherwise, February's been a tough month, and it was again here as we're now into the month of March. I, I thought heading into the year, Ryan, uh, let me throw my thought at you and and, and get your comment on it, that, that – we knew the talent level on the roster was a bit limited. Um, I don't think anyone thought it'd be a tournament team. I thought if everything fell into place, maybe you could get yourself to 500. That's where they are as we record this, one game under 500 with a couple left. Um, but I thought the main goal for Ben Johnson had to be to instill um, a system, uh, a culture, and I know people don't like that word, but I'm going to use it because I do believe it's an important, invaluable thing with whatever, whether you're running Target or whether you're running Federated Insurance or whether you're running a football or basketball program or a high school team or a 10-year-old traveling baseball team. There has to be guidelines with which you want to operate, and that, for lack of a better term, is the culture. So I thought it was important that Ben Johnson, understanding, Gopher fans had to have the understanding they weren't going to they weren't going to go win 25 games. It just wasn't going to happen. Uh, so now, what's the goal? And I thought the goal had to be set the culture, set the expectation, play in a way in which people would appreciate uh, the way they play basketball, share the ball, defend. As you mentioned, it's been a struggle defensively, but I do think what I've been impressed with is the coaching staff has changed game plans, like, you know, depending on the opponent and specific to opponents, like uh, against Indiana, uh, they double team Trace Jackson Davis, okay? And then against uh, Wisconsin, they single team the center. And there was reasons for all of that. Um, and, and frankly, it worked, uh, you know, in, 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 it didn't result in wins, but, but I thought it was an effective game plan. And I think that that goal was accomplished, that they have set a tone and a tenor that fans like, that recruits, and, you, and I'm going to ask you about that here in a minute, seem to have, at least now they have a picture of, of what it looks like. Yes, and if people don't like the word culture, they need to get over themselves because that's that's part of modern-day work. That's a part of modern-day programs of anything you do, and that needs to be said. I don't know that for a while there has been an established culture here. I really don't know that we've had one in 20 years an established culture. There have been the word toxic has been used at different times. So I think the number one most important thing was establishing a culture, establishing their brand, establishing what they want to do. And I agree with what you just said. I also agree with the game plan switching. Um, there have been games, I don't remember the game offhand, but they came into a road game and they were winning at half. And I loved their game plan throughout the first half. But unfortunately, they didn't have the stamina and the bodies to sustain that through the second half. Um, I do like the day, the one, three, one zone against Northwestern. They still don't know what they're doing against it. Like, yeah. and that came almost out of nowhere. So it's, there have been switches like that. I'm um, coming into the season. I was, I would say that my thought process was probably a six, seven and three non-conference 
probably a four or five win Big Ten. Um, they did better than that non-conference play. <clears throat> In conference play, it's probably going to be just below. It's probably going to be where I expected coming yeah. in. Although my ex- my uh, expectations changed a little bit after the November and December months. I thought maybe they could get to six, seven wins, but we're seeing the grind kind of pulling them back. But yes, if anybody ever had the expectation of an NCAA tournament, I don't think they fully understand what the depth of this team is. Now, I love Sean Sutherland. He's their sixth man, but in a lot of years, he'd probably be their eighth or ninth man. Um, there are starters that in this team that are a top option. Peyton and Jameson Battle are top options. But I just don't know that in you know their third options right now would be a third option on t- and a good you know team that wins an NCAA tournament team. There, all these guys have b- battled their tails off, and if they if one of the guys sitting over on the sidelines, Parker uh, Parker Fox or Isaiah Enan, if one of them hadn't torn their ACL, there might be the depth for more. But at this point, it's just not there. But I think the goal, the primary goal, was to establish culture, establish who they are as coaches. And I think they have done that. Yeah, and in Ben's case, you know, uh, you you knew him better than I because you you went all the way back to when he was a player here. I knew him through his time as Richard Patino's assistant, and so I would watch him do scout and reports, and he was fine, right? He was fine. So when he got hired, I thought, okay, he he's gonna you know have you know first year jitters, first year bumps, first year oh well, that's something he'll have to learn. And he's had a few, but I'll tell you what has impressed me the most was how he has taken the job and and record aside whatever right but how he has taken the job and he fits i mean i'm and i don't just mean fit obviously he knows the program but i mean he is playing the part of a head coach if and you know i have some access that others don't so i'm i'm going to you know let some people in. when you watch him run a practice like that's the dude in charge there's no doubt about it and it and it and quite frankly it's been a step up from what when I was watching him operate in a similar mode as an assistant and sometimes you just need to to have that opportunity to be the lead voice and he has done that I I, I guess Spencer and I have talked about this that we are both been impressed having watched him before uh, and now having watched him as a head coach the 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 command with which he has handled the job for a relatively young first-time coach in a league that is a killer league to try to out-coach somebody in. So that that part has been impressive to me, That just the general command. And I think probably people who knew Ben better than I that go back probably wouldn't be as surprised in the fact that uh, with the command part of it. What do you think? I, I, I agree, and I think what we forgot when he first got this job I think so many people were focused on the, oh, Minnesota really wants to get those locals, and that's the only focus. And I think they were so focused on on the Minnesota administration being focused on that, and I think too many people were focused on his inexperience. We didn't think about the fact of oh, who Ben Johnson has learned from over in the past. Who has he been under? Dave Thorson, um, Tim Miles, Ben Jacobson, the, and Travis Steele, Richard Pitino. These are different people of different leadership types. Several of which that I just mentioned, they have they have command of a practice, but they also had really good culture around them. And I think that's something that people have to remember. Ben Johnson grew up playing for Dave Thorson. Yeah. Like, you know, and and if, if you've been around Dave Thorson, you've been around Tim Miles, you've been around Ben Jacobson, you know that culture is very important to these guys and the command of a practice is important to them. And the first time that there was like a quieter arena. I think it was one of those games against uh, Western Kentucky or Princeton, and you could hear Ben on the sidelines throughout the whole game. I think that is when the fans kind of took a step back and like, oh, wow, 
this guy does is he does have an authoritative voice. He yep. does have yep. control of everything that's going on out here. And despite the record and just, you know, I deal with a lot of the fan frustration. I get to answer all yep. these questions <laughs> on Go for Illustrated. And their frustration is never towards the coach. As a matter of fact, even the frustrated people are like, hey, Ben Johnson has surprised me. This coaching staff has surprised me. Their frustration comes down to the depth of, you know, the the depth and why they have the depth, which dates back to the spring. That's their frustration. What has surprised you the most, or let me rephrase, what, what have you liked the most so far, one? And two, what uh, is maybe an area, uh, and I'm going to ask about recruiting because that, that's a whole different ballgame, but aside from recruiting, what's an area that you think maybe um, is the spot that is is the weak point here that, that that has to get some attention here as we approach the offseason? It's 100% depth. Like when you see this team hit, you know, a lot of fans don't think about the TV timeouts, although ourselves, we have, we like live by them yeah. when we want look at the clock, right? Like when you get to, when the Gophers are at that 12 and that eight minute mark, those points of the game is where they always seem to falter because there's guys on the floor that have been on their extent on, right. on there extensively. And there's really no one to come in and take, you know, give them a mental breather, not just a physical breather, a mental breather from what's going on. And that's, that's probably the biggest thing. They just need that depth. And like they so far, it's been addressed. There's going to be continued to address the spring. And we'll get to that in a second. But that's the biggest thing. They need that depth when it comes to the midpoints when they've been on the court too long, because I, I, there's no way to describe it. I can't do it either. I didn't do it. You know, me running around Coach Aston's practices in a goofy yeah. uniform does not count like like. There's no way to describe how hard it is to curl a, you know, a guy screens you and another guy screens you and you have to curl fight through that and get in position and do it again and again and again. There's no way to describe that to fans having to do that for six, seven minutes. And when, when that, when that wears on you, the Gophers don't have people that come in and give guys a break from that. And also people don't think about the fact that how hard it is to turn a corner with the you know when you're when you're attacking in the Big Ten against Big Ten defenders, they don't realize how hard it is to to set a screen and come off that screen to get space. Those things wear on players, and it stops happening. That's when you see guys just being like, "Oh, I get tired, throw up a jumper." Like those, they they have that the wearing that's on those players. They need depth to take away that yeah. wearing, and that's the biggest thing. Well, and one of the one of the uh, telltale signs of that, and I, I I giggle about it a little bit because I'm not in their shoes. But if you watch during those media timeouts, they're usually two two and a half minutes. And um, I will say this: Ben and the staff, they're the fastest coaches I've ever seen through that. They won't spend the whole two minutes. Like like usually, like Indiana the other day, the the, the referee after every timeout had to get in and break that huddle up and say, "Hey, we're ready to play. Blow the whistle. The Gophers are done." But Peyton and Curry, while the huddle's done and most of the guys are out walking, they stay seated or seated on the stool until the <laughs> yeah. until until the until the play is about ready to go because they're just getting as much time off their legs, even if it's an extra twenty seconds. Once the huddle is broken, they don't get up; they're staying there, and uh, that tells you, I think, uh, uh, all you need to know about uh, how much they're trying to fight to uh, to to get as much rest by the second as they can. Yeah, and those huddles, I do want to point out something branching off of that. Like, I don't mean to pick and pry from the past, 
But like, it's just nice to see all the guys engaged in the huddle, not yeah, having right? guys walk over here, walk over there. It's, everybody's engaged, and that's important. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we saw a few a few of uh, uh, stragglers uh, in the past. There's no doubt about that. All right. Yeah, well, there was, a, there was a few people that you know they 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 went away from the pack from the herd. <laughs> the well, I want to talk about uh, recruiting because really, at the end of the day, um, in this league, and you know, I talked to Fred Hoiberg a little bit when the Gophers played down in that Nebraska game ahead of time. We did an interview uh, for the pregame show, and he talked about one of the things. And I don't want to say I don't want to put words in his mouth. I don't think it surprised him, but he said one of the things that has kind of punched him in the nose is just how hard it is to build a program in the Big Ten because now you have to look at the stand and say, who am I going to jump? All right, Purdue's where they're at. Illinois where they're at. Indiana's a blue blood that's kind of also trying to fight out. Minnesota's kind of in its spot where they're going to be. Iowa has a nice run going with Fran McCaffrey. You know, Illinois has gotten things going. So who do you jump, and how do you jump them? And it's and on top of it, uh, you're you know, are you going to are you going to out coach? I mean, you're going to out scheme Tom Izzo? Probably not. Are you going to out scheme Matt Painter? Probably not. So. The way you got to kind of formulate it is through culture, yes, that word, and then also through recruiting. I mean, at the end of the day, you're going to have to have some talent to, to win in this league. So um, it's the lifeblood of the program. There are four high schoolers, right, three signed and four committed to this uh, to this program for the, the upcoming year when we talk about getting into the summertime. What can you tell us, one, about how recruiting is going, and then once you answer that, we'll get into maybe some specifics with these kids they have signed. But generally, what's your uh, take on, on uh, how this staff has, uh, has hit the recruiting trail so far so far it's been strong now it had a little bump in the road with the transfer recruiting in the short window like uh, that's that we can't hide from that like last spring so many players left asking somebody to fill seven eight spots with transfers just like that was hard so that was that part of it was tough and you have to include that today because transfer recruiting is so much a part of it right. but when it came to the high school recruiting when they were able to get you know when they had time to get to know players, to get after players, they had success. And I know there's people out here that don't care about Minnesota high school basketball. They don't care where the kids are from in Minnesota. But people don't realize it is very hard to recruit high major basketball players to a school when you haven't had success. So if you're going to do that to get good players, you have to start. You have to start in your areas where you where it's a pipeline area. Well, what's your pipeline area? Your pipeline area is the Twin Cities, which is producing talent at a record rate. Um, compared to the past. So you have to recruit your area well. Is every guy on the team to be, need to be from Minnesota? No, but you need to establish a culture to your pipeline area, and they are doing that. They started that by getting Pharrell Payne. At this point, I'm going to tell you, Pharrell Payne is the number one prospect in the state of Minnesota. From what we've seen at the start, from the way he's developed the last two years, the way he's progressed this year, the way others have not quite as progressed, Pharrell Payne is the number one recruit in the state of Minnesota. That's a top 100 guy. He's going to be an impact player. Braden Carrington is one of the top two guys for Mr. Basketball. Park Center player, also committed to sign with Minnesota, just like Pharrell Payne. Braden is probably the leader, a slight leader ahead of Eli King for that Mr. Mr. Basketball Award. His versatility has been good. So you take those two names and Joshua Ola Joseph, who's from Osseo but at a prep school in Arizona right now, that's a good start. Now, did they get? They didn't get Trey Holloman, who went to Michigan State. So now they have to find another ball handler. You're not going to get everybody, but they're after a good start. The next part of that, the biggest part of that, is establishing with those sophomores and juniors. They have picked out who they want, and those kids have been behind the bench <laughs> repeatedly this year. Trevor Winter and Jack, or excuse me, 
Nolan Winter, Trevor Winter's son, and Jack Robeson are trying to set a record for how many games they're attending as guests. It's amazing. They're there all the time. Um, Tayson Chapman has been at 3-4. Bowden Kapke from Holy Family has been at 3-4. And uh, Daniel Freetag, 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 I'm not sure which it is. I'll ask him tonight when I watch him play. Yes, right. Um, yeah. Uh, the, from Bloomington, Jefferson has been at 3-4 games. And these guys were at the fall. And you throw in, we just had, Minnesota just, just had two official visitors um, in Milan Mikovich from Wisconsin and Cam Christie, who is Max Christie's brother, Max plays for Michigan State. They were just on official visits. Both of those guys were also here in the fall. This staff is established, going after who they want, establishing relationships immediately and building on those relationships. No doubt. And you're seeing it. Yeah, and and what, what feedback uh, do you hear? And you're obviously well connected to the basketball community, the AAU scene, which is so important. And then, really, I think in Minnesota, the high school coaches as well, because certainly in some programs they may have some say in 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 helping guide a kid to where he may or may want and uh, may or may not want to go. I'm not saying a, a coach is dictating, hey, you can't go here, you got to go there. But certainly they may have some some thoughts and and offer some input and say, hey, this is this, and I know this about this guy. What is uh, what is the feedback you're getting from from the AAU and high school coaches? Well, the high school coaches are all in. They're they're excited with the fact that Ben Johnson and and Dave Thorson had made a great effort to get out to so many schools. They went they went and watched players at open gyms last last fall that probably aren't even going to have players for them the next three four years. But they established that relationship and they got there early just in case. One of those players who might be a D2 kid all of a sudden blossoms into a high major kid out of nowhere because that does happen. Again, Pharrell Payne two years ago, nobody knew who he was because he was playing B squad. Right. Like, so they're establishing relationships with players uh, and coaches. The high school stuff is good. AAU, I think you still need a little bit more time. Um, it's a little bit more of a different community. Some of the AAU guys get a little bit more perturbed when you don't get, they don't show as much, quite as much love, but you got to have that relationship there. And the thing about AAU basketball in Minnesota is we have so many good programs that the, most of them are, you know, good people. Most of them are respected and you got to, and you have those relationships. It's at one point it was just, well, are they coming from D1 Minnesota or Howard Poly? Well, that's changed. Look at your roster right now. Minnesota, Minnesota Gophers have two players from the Minnesota Heat. They have uh, Pharrell Payne coming in um, from Minnesota Select. So you you got to have relationships with all of these teams across the board, and, they, and they're doing that. It's But with AU, it takes a little bit more time. Well, and you mentioned the importance of local recruiting, and I, I am I am all in on the idea that that is what it's going to take at a place like Minnesota to to get to fight out of where you've been for twenty years. You know, an occasional fourth seed in the Big Ten tournament, and everything else is you know mediocre or below. To get into where you want to be, uh, you know, uh, you know, make a run at a title, uh, uh, play important games in late February and March, all that stuff. To me, the equalizer, as you said, is is the the, the local talent. Is is been at a record-setting pace, and let's face it here. You're, I don't care how good you are, short of John Calipari, you're not going to go into Chicago and out recruit Illinois and Michigan State, and maybe even Wisconsin. Uh, maybe you get a kid there, but you're probably beating out DePaul. You're not beating out a top ten team. You're not going to Cleveland or Dallas. Here's the thing, Minnesota. You have you you have one thing that nobody else has with a kid from Minnesota, and that is your mom and dad can jump in the car and drive five minutes or 10 minutes or 18 minutes and watch you play. Uh, you can play for your home state. Um, Michigan State, when they come in, they can't 
they can't offer that. Mom and dad got to get on a flight. And, uh, you know, my, 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 our buddy Daryl Thompson, that guy's always gone. You know why? Because he's watching his kid play all over the Big Ten because he's not here. Race Thompson, great family, awesome. And I'm, I'm not taking a shot. I love that family. And I, I think Indiana basketball, this is my favorite place to go visit. So I don't blame him at all for going there. The point is, Daryl's always on a flight somewhere. Yeah. If, if I'm Ben Johnson, I'm telling these guys, hey, look, your, your mom and dad can come and watch every home game. Uh, your, your friends can come. Your girlfriend doesn't have to, you know, worry about trying to jump in a car and drive to, you know, Iowa City. I mean, on those games you can, but if he goes to Iowa, you got to drive to Iowa every week. You know, if you're going to, you know, and God, that Madison trip on in a car is the worst four-hour stretch of road in the history of the world. <laughs> Isn't so, it? Yeah, it's brutal. Well, fix your roads, Matt Wisconsin, well, and, my and lord. It's the only four-hour trip that feels like eight. It's unbelievable. We talk yes. about that a lot, but it, it's nuts. Anyway, my point is um, that's why local recruiting is important. It's not because we think Minnesota kids are the greatest and they're going to be better than everybody else. It's 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 the only thing you've got as a program that nobody else has that you can sell. You can stay home and play for Minnesota, your home state team, and that has not been, frankly, uh, probably uh, carved into the, the 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 region enough. And now, hopefully, with this new uh, group, that that is part of what the sell is. Yeah, and you're not going to keep all. You're not going to be able to get all, and not all of them are going to fit for Minnesota. Correct. That has to be clear. And this staff has done a nice job of getting into some areas and finding guys before other like. One of the big topics on our message board is this staff has been the first or second to offer some players that all of a sudden exploded. Correct. Ty Ziegler at Tennessee, Minnesota was ahead of the game on that kid, and now everybody in the SEC wishes they had him. (laughs) Jaden Pierre was going to Providence, fantastic talent, but he wanted to stay a little bit closer to home. There's a name escaping me of a top 100 kid. I wish I could remember. He's a 6'7 guy. Um, he's, he's staying out, he's staying out East. The Gophers were the first to offer. And those are big things. Jaden Henley. I'm hearing that this is a young man that Marcus Jenkins found out in California. That's coming here. I'm hearing amazing things about how talented he was, but nobody knew who he was because California didn't have high school basketball for the better part of, you know, almost two years. And they didn't get to play AAU last year because their high school season was last spring. Right. So they have been able to dig in Trent Pierce, Oklahoma, that was just here finding guys like that. So They've also done a good job in developing relationships outside the area because you do have to recruit outside the area. But again, like you said, mom and dad, they, they, it's people want to be comfortable and comfortable is home by mom and dad. And the amount of people that wanted to stay home but didn't in the last 10 years, it's, it's too big of a number. Of course, some people want to go want to go out and experience life, but there are more that wanted to stay home that did. And that's something that they need to change. Yeah, and like you say, you're not going to get them all, and you might not want them all. Might not be a fit in certain kids. And I know even in this this staff has allowed maybe some local kids that had some interest say, you know, it's probably not a fit, um, and 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 just kind of let them go by the wayside and sign elsewhere. So that that, that all has to be there. But if you can grab, look, if you can grab two or three of the top four or five year in and year out, you're gonna you're gonna be a better team than what you've been, right? I mean, it's that simple. Yes, and that's. And that's what they've done so far. And then if, you, if you look back, when we've had new coaching staffs, they were able to do that at first. Um, Tubby Smith did it at first, if you remember Royce White and Rodney Williams and Trevor Walkley. Dan Munson did it at first with Rick Rickard, Jerry Holman, Maurice Hargrove. Um, and they did it at first, but it wasn't maintained. It yep. wasn't got to keep that momentum, right? Yes. And that's that's what needs that's that's what needs to. I mean, even Richard Pitino. Jarvis, you know, he got Jarvis Johnson 2015 and 2016, 
You got Amir Coffey and uh, and uh, am I in Michael Hurt, followed by Gabe Kelsher and Daniel Aturo. But it wasn't there was but, but that was between way too many misses in 2017, 2019, and 2020, when there were 22 to 23 high major players that got away. Yeah, and and and, and that, uh, you know, uh, Richard also just had some horrible luck throughout. So, I mean, Jarvis Johnson, who knows what how that changes the program because they were maybe a point guard away from, from you know, at, at one point being a really, really good team. So there was some some rough luck along the way with him as well. All right, so now you mentioned a few of the, the prospects um, that, that they're looking at now. Uh, take us through the next, you know, two or three years. You mentioned the 10th graders are getting looked at. I suppose there's freshmen getting watched. Uh, are there some names you can throw our way that uh, if, uh, if you're a diehard fan, you might want to keep an eye on here in March for high school basketball? I would, as, when it comes to the junior class, um, Nolan Winter, like we talked about, he's at Lakeville North. They're a contender in down there in one four, class four A one A. So keep an eye on Nolan Winter, Lakeville North, who's having a good year. Keep an eye on uh, Taysen Chapman at Tino Grace. He's a top thirty kid in the country as a guard. His skills are incredible. Um, so keep an eye there. So it's Tino Grace, Lakeville North, and also Holy Family. Bowden Kapke is putting up massive numbers. The last time I watched him play, he had thirty three and eighteen. And it's like an average day for him. He's a 6'10 big who can face up and play with his back to his basket. He's got like five or six high major offers already. Those are the three key ones I would continue to watch. And I'll re-say that again. Bowden Kapke, Holy Family, uh, Taysen Chapman um, Titino Gra- of Titino Grace, and Nolan Winter of Lakeville North. I would say those are the three key. Maybe Jack Janicki from White Bear Lake. He has a Wake, Fo- he has a Wake Forest offer. Maybe he enters the picture later. And then moving to the sophomores, the two names are Jack Robeson, who plays with Nolan Winter at Lakeville North, and Daniel Freetag, um, that is from Bloomington Jefferson. He's actually tonight, they're in a conference fight in, fight in the Metro West. I'm going to watch him play tonight against Orno as they try to hold on to that lead. Um, Jefferson, they're in quite the difficult section for 4A basketball. They're in that same section with, with Minnetonka and uh, Eden Prairie and all that crew. So, if you want to see Daniel, I'd say suggest to get him early in the playoffs just because it's going to be an uphill battle, although they're having a great year. Um, the most difficult section. The section balance in the Minnesota is absolutely ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense why we have these sections when everyone's right in the Metro for the most part anyway. But anyway, that's a sidebar <laughs> piece. But yeah, the sophomores to watch, Daniel Freitag from um, Bloomington Jefferson and Jack Robeson, Lakeville North. I would keep it at that for now. I don't know that we've had any freshmen pop up yet yep. and say, hey, I'm the guy. I mean, there are a few. I think Jalen Wilson at Benilde St. Margaret's has a chance to be special. Um, but I think we're a little bit of ways away from knowing who those freshmen are yet. Um, let me ask you about transfer portal situation. What are needs that you think the coaching staff will address this offseason from a transfer portal? You got to have guards. I mean, they're going to need veteran ball handlers. I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be one of. I'm going to say the starting point guard next year, or the main ball handler, I should say, will be a transfer. It's very possible that the two main uh, ball handlers will be transfers. They're probably going to need a transfer um, wing as well. I'm going to say there's there's going to be three veterans on this team next year who are guards. Um, some handling, some off the ball. Do they need to add a big? Maybe in the post. Maybe they need to add some a, a veteran big in the you know charlie daniels style maybe not you know maybe you know in that way to have more depth possibly but then 
you know, you'll have Pharrell Payne, you'll have Trayton Thompson, you'll have Parker Fox who can do, do some of that as well in the Eric Curry mold. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they go somebody in the front court and then three guards if they go for four. They're going to take three transfers. You know that possibly could be four. All right, uh, last couple quick ones here for Ryan James, National Recruiting Analyst for Prep Hoops and Gopher Illustrated Publisher. Um, Big Ten right now as we speak, how many teams do you think make the NCAA tournament? I think Joe Lenardi had nine. He had Indiana and Rutgers both in over the weekend. Now, I don't know how that has changed because Rutgers lost to Wisconsin. Um, but what do you think? I mean, this is a pretty good Big Ten group of teams right now. I say eight with a worry on Indiana. I, I don't – Indiana, like in preparation for the game, I went through some game film and then I looked at – I talked to Jeff Rab, Jeff Rabjohns from Indiana who does a fabulous co- job covering Indiana basketball. And they just have been so inconsistent this month. I, They need a big week. They have to have a big week and they need a good tournament. Um, they are on that bubble. So India – I would say eight because I think Rutgers is going to be in. I, I think highly of Rutgers. Um with Indiana on that bubble. We'll and Indiana and Indiana. Rutgers play this week, so that that could be an elimination game. There you go. So, you know, so, uh, and, then, and then Indiana yeah. has Purdue. And then Michigan is kind of a bubble that se- seemingly most people have in, but, uh, boy, they've been kind of a, uh, a Jekyll and Hyde kind of a team, too. They sure have. And those, you know, I did the Big Ten ballot this morning for all Big Ten for, you know, and I was look, I just doing all the reviews, and I'm just like, I mean, the talent Michigan has that just hasn't come together. They're going to get places just off their talent, but they just they don't play good enough team basketball to to make too big of a run. But I think they're going to make it because they do have just enough a resume. They do have just enough talent to get enough more more wins. Is uh, this the year that a Big Ten team can win it all? It's been since Tom Izzo won it in the early 2000s. Top-ranked team right now in net rankings is Purdue, but it's 11. There, there's not one Big Ten team in the top 10 of the net rankings. I, you know, I want to say yes, because and this is so wide open that like it, it, it's one of those situations where Minnesota is going to have as many balls in the in, in the you know and you, as, if you think about it like a bingo thing we're going to have more balls in the hopper than anybody else. Um, but I just don't. I'm just not confident enough that they're going to pull it through. I I look at Purdue. I think Purdue has to be the unicorn, and I just don't know that they're going to be able to. I just don't know that they're going to be able to run with some of these teams when it comes you know when it, when, it, when we get there into that into that second weekend at the end of the second weekend. I know Minnesota people don't want to hear this. They don't want to hear this words come out of my mouth right now. But Wisconsin has the coach of the year. They have the player of the year. And they and they probably have two guys who are going to be first or second big all Big Ten. And that's yeah. – can they be the team? I don't know that Wisconsin quite has the depth to make that run. Um, but I – you know, you got to look at Wisconsin. And then Illinois – I think Illinois can has elite eight talent. I just don't know that they can get it done either. Those those are that's my group. Um, that's who I think has the chance to to you know wave the flag for this conference. I think we're going to be all proud and mighty when it comes to elite eight weekend, and I think we're going to be like. Yeah, I think I, I agree. I think the Sweet 16, I, you know, I thought last year was the year and then the Big Ten laid the biggest egg maybe in the history of the tournament uh, from a conference standpoint. They had the seedings lined up. Uh, I thought Iowa had kind of a bum 
uh, matchup. You know, Oregon was way better than the seed because they finally got people healthy. That was a tough one. But other than that, um, the Big Ten had it laid out there, you know, and they, they just laid the Big Eight. And speaking of Iowa, I, you know, that team's an interesting one because if Connor McCaffrey uh, and Tony Perkins play the way they have the last two weeks, that team with Keegan Murray, I and mean, those two Murray brothers are both future NBAers maybe, um, yep. you know, I'm not saying they'll win at all. I don't think that. But uh, no surprise if they'd make it. And I, I don't think they've been to the Sweet 16 since – maybe the late 90s. So, um, you know, I think that I wouldn't be stunned if that team made it to the uh, Sweet 16 anyway, I don't think. But, um, you know, it's, yeah, it I all mean, depends on a draw, run. right? Yep, yep. I mean, Keegan, the other guy for player of the year is Keegan Murray. Yeah. You know, it's a Keegan Murray-Johnny Davis race. Some will say Kofi Coburn, but I, I don't think so. I think it's a Davis-Murray race for Big Ten player of the year and for first-team All-American. Probably our first-team All-American, yeah. I'd say. No question. Awesome, man. Ryan, great work. We appreciate it. How can people read your stuff? Oh, the biggest, best way these days is just go to Twitter, Ryan James MN, and then you can find everything linked there. I mean, I'll be having four articles out sometime today. I already put one out, and the other one's in the hopper over here. So easy. And the websites are uh, prephoops.com and goforillustrated.com. Awesome. You're the man. Always great insight. We appreciate it. My thanks to Ryan James for joining me on the Go Gopher podcast. Ryan's the national recruiting analyst for Prep Hoops and Gopher Illustrated publisher. And again, our thanks to our presenting sponsor, Sunbelt Business Advisors and True North Mergers and Acquisitions. If you're buying or selling a business, visit sunbeltminnesota.com or tnma.com. The Go Gopher podcast is also sponsored by State Farm agent Tony Hoagland. Again, I'd invite you to listen to past podcasts, and please be sure to subscribe to the Go Gopher podcast right now. It's absolutely free to listen. We'll talk again next week.